Well, good morning, Kara. Good morning, Molly. Thank you for doing this with me. Hey, it's fun, right? <laughs> it is. Something new. It is something is this, new is for this me. Your, this is your first podcast? Very first. <laughs> All right. This is about my third. So. Okay. So we're learning together. We are learning together, and, and that's great. But the fun thing is we get to talk about um, somebody who we both know and love mm-hmm. and live with, mm-hmm. and that would be Jesus. Yeah. And so we're excited to just chat over a couple of cups of coffee. <laughs> we'll see how many cups of coffee it takes. <laughs> And there's nobody I'd rather chat about, so. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's good. Um, Well, I just want to say first, um, welcome to the From the Great Room podcast. Uh, We are um, taking our show outside of our normal great room. We're here at your sister-in-law's house, (laughs) which is is fun. Um, Let me just ask you first, uh, tell me about the ministry work that you're doing, the focus of your organization, and what you and your husband kind of do on a day-to-day, but on a day-to-day basis. Okay. Um, my husband, Doug, and I are part of uh, a ministry that, um, with the end goal of seeing unreached people groups um, eventually have the gospel presented to them, in a, in a manner that begins from the very beginning. We call it eternity to eternity. Ooh, I like that. So eternity past to eternity future. So it's like from the very beginning, presenting kind of presenting who God is throughout the story of the Bible, all the way through to, of course, the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ mm-hmm. and the atonement for our sins, and then even past that into, like, what's going to be happening to us in the future? Mm-hmm. What all is the plan? So... Um, the, that's like our vision. That's our ministry goal. That's why we do what we do, is to be involved in seeing those people that just don't have a chance about hearing about Jesus, see them um, actually reached and have that accessible to them in their own language, in their heart language. So we particularly are not like living in a in a uh, people group like that, doing that ministry. Okay. We are doing what is called support work towards that end. So we live in our host country, and we are, my husband is the administrator. So that's like, you know, basically a fancy word that means he does a lot of work in all different areas. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's like the big picture guy, and he's gifted. I'm, I'm so thankful that the Lord has given him the gift uh-huh. for the job he's doing. And so he's, a, he's able to see all of the, the big picture, uh-huh. see the needs. Uh, he's involved like... In each area of the ministry, you know, whether it's like the aviation, you know, end of yeah, things, yeah. helping with that, organization of flights, things like that, um, supplies, um, our guest house even, you know, overseeing that, um, the, the translation checks, helping, you know, work out the details for that. So many different areas that you probably wouldn't even think about. Yeah. So he's like, he coordinates a lot of that. He doesn't, he does not like micromanaging things, but he is involved in all of them trying to, it's, I like to think of him as like, he's like the director of an orchestra, you know, making each part do its thing so that we're actually accomplishing the goal. Yeah. So, um, and then my ministry, I'm involved in our training, our national training program. Okay. We have a, a very small national training program. The local churches send their missionaries to us. And so we take three years with the students, and then we train them, equip them, give them the tools that are going to help them to be able to do that ministry of tribal church planting 
effectively, more effectively. Yeah. So that's the ministry I've been involved with. So is that, is that your, that's great. Okay. Is that your question? I can't even remember what the question was. That's it. And that's really helpful. So and your husband is in country right now, right? He is. Yes. He has Um, meetings. Mm -hmm. He has meetings and, and you're stateside for some health issues right now. Mm -hmm. Hopefully a little R and (laughs) R not a lot of that right now. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, so, so does that mean, I assume you guys are bilingual with the, the yes. native language, mm-hmm. the, the primary language? Yep, we speak Spanish country. fluently, okay. and, and pretty, pretty much most of our coworkers are nationals. Oh, wow. So there are very few of us that aren't from that country. And actually, my husband has dual citizenship, but... Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's so, amazing. So you're actually training up people within this country mm-hmm. to serve exactly their countrymen and, and i mean maybe eventually also in the world so yeah, mm-hmm. right, right to the nations but right now um the focus and the due to a lot of factors mm-hmm. our our folks in our training center pretty much are in country just okay. because of like finances and and difficulties with other things that are going on in the country so yeah because there's a lot of upheaval yes politically Mm -hmm. socially covid probably (sighs) just stirred the pot even even more Mm -hmm. tell me how you've experienced the effects of this turmoil on a personal level and relative to your ministry work here in the last year or two sure um yeah our host country you know in years gone by Mm -hmm. it was like very open to missions, ministry kind of a thing. And there was a lot of freedom. The country was uh, very um, economically stable. There was, it's, it's a rich country, like with lots of rich resources, natural resources and things. But, you know, that's changed. And um, so the, the atmosphere for um, missions you know, on the outside isn't so welcoming anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a freedom of religion. And so there is certain freedoms that we do have there. Um, we're not, nobody's being persecuted for their faith or anything like that. Okay. Like in some other countries, we thank God for that. <laughs> yes. Uh, because I mean, there's plenty of challenges, but we are so thankful that there is that freedom. So um, personally, the, you know, the effects of a, there's been like an economic collapse, um, and um, and it's affect it's affected everybody. It's affected all of the the people that live there, and then of course that affects the churches, the local churches, and it affects the the our missionaries. Um, so, like on a grander scale, not necessarily for us personally, but for our coworkers, um, it's been very difficult for them to have enough to survive. Like just economically, you know, um, my husband, you know, just arrived there and the couple that's, you know, running the guest house where he was staying, he got there and they had no money and no food because it's, it was like the end of the month and they had run out. Wow. And so, you know, these things are happening to our coworkers. So that's concerning because the churches don't have, people just don't have funds. They're barely surviving themselves. Mm. And so then it's very difficult for people to give towards missions. And so the missionaries suffer that way too. Thankfully, there are helps that we have. We, have, we do shipments um, about every three months, three or four months. Um, that of, with food, a lot of it is donated. Some of it we purchase. There's like um, 
like funds, the accounts that people can give to that helps with buying that food. There's uh, then we ship things down, so there's there's funds for that. Um, we also have something that's a deacon's fund that people can give to, that actually just goes to like maybe giving a hurting missionary family some funds for like if they're just suffering, you know, to buy food or yeah. if they have a certain medical expense or something like that. So that's that helps with that because accidents and illnesses mm-hmm. still happen. Right? Yeah, and truthfully, I think like the the pandemic has hit them very hard because. Um, you know, on the whole, the people in the country are not super well, like as far as their immune systems and everything, because they're not eating maybe super healthy because, you know, you're eating what you can get. And so, you know, that, that's, they're kind of, I would say immune compromised a little bit. And so then COVID has hit very hard Mm. and the, and the resources for receiving medical help also is, is very limited. Mm. And it's really only if you have funds and they're, it's expensive for that, especially for them. Right. Right. You know, so that's been hard. And, and a few of our coworkers have had, um, like have gotten sick from the, from the virus seriously, but thankfully they've recovered. Okay. So, so yeah. So that affects us, you know, because, you know, watching your coworkers, it has a right. huge impact on us and, you know, wanting to help as much as we can, and yet you can't be the answer to everybody's problems either. So we have to be really careful. It's such a fine, delicate balance of we never want to be seen as like the rich foreigners, you know, and, you know, even though God has supplied our needs and we are able to help somewhat, we're not the answer to the issue. So we help when we can and we ask God for wisdom and knowing how to how to do that in the right way, sometimes anonymously or whatever. Sure. So, um, but that has a, had a big Im- impact. The other impact that I would say is probably huge is like travel has become extremely difficult even within the country. Oh, really? Um, because of the overall crisis, not necessarily the pandemic, although that has made it more difficult. The, a country that you know should have no problem with gas or whatever, like. Gasoline for your car is extremely difficult to come by anymore. And if you can find it, people who gouge prices, so that I was, I was figuring out the numbers this morning, uh, it can cost like $175 for 20 gallons. No way. Yeah. So obviously that limits right. being able to drive around. Yeah. So besides the fact, which has been for years of, you know, finding parts for your cars and, you know, having a reliable mechanic and all that kind of stuff. We do all of our own work at my, we, I, I don't yeah. do anything. Doug does it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's, that's all challenging. They, they recently started up some of the national flights again, which had been stopped for over a year. Um, they're not, we don't have actually flights into the city where we live. So the closest one is like two hours away from the city that we live. So that also complicates things. But yeah, I mean, right now, you know, due to some of the health issues that I'm working through and everything, um, we're basing in Florida and thanks to tech, you know, technology, we're actually able to do a lot of what, you know, what we 
our ministry is. Sure. So you can continue your training via Zoom or other things yeah. like that. And honestly, this this October, we've been like, we've closed our training for a year to do like an evaluation, kind of reboot things. We did a survey with people who had come through the training and found that there was, there was some issues that we really needed to address to in order to do things right, in order to not be hurting people in the process of trying to train them and equip them. So we've been taking that seriously, doing that, and then we're, so we took a year off, and then we're actually doing a virtual year for the first time ever in a country where internet is not very stable. It should be interesting. Um, (laughs) But, and this isn't actually the the, formal year of like the formal training. What we're doing is extra. Um, okay. We're focusing in on some areas of weakness that we've seen and um, trying to make it like a, a unique and special, valuable year of receiving training while we're still working on making this program what it should be. So, yeah. so we're pretty excited about it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's really exciting. Give me an overview, maybe a story um, of how you've seen God at work lately. Okay. Because there seems like there's a lot going on. There's mm-hmm. change in the ministry. There's... Mm-hmm. You know, your own limitations physically. There's lots of things that are kind of set against you. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that when things are against you, God moves in unique Mm -hmm. and interesting, amazing ways that only he can do. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, for me personally, I was thinking I'll share something personally. In in working in this this team that's um, making, kind of redoing the, the training center, um, when we first started to meet, it was, it was like, I don't know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, something like that. And at first, it was like we were just having these meetings and, you know, just talking through stuff or whatever. And so it was like everybody just kind of attended a meeting to do that. And then, you know, as we started to think through things a little bit more and consider, you know, some of the issues, doing that survey helped us realize, mm-hmm. okay, we really need to make some changes you know, in order to honor the Lord and his name and do a really good job at preparing people for what they are going to face because it is a difficult ministry to be involved in. So in that process of, you know, kind of almost starting from ground zero, redoing things, we changed it and we started meeting once a week regularly for a couple hours and sometimes more having other meetings and stuff. And I don't know, after... I don't even know how long, all of a sudden I started realizing this isn't just a meeting now a week. Mm-hmm. Something God is doing something now where I feel like I'm working with a team now oh, wow. and we are like unified towards a common goal. And so it's difficult because there's only two of us on that team that are full time for that ministry. So there, we have a secretary and myself. Okay. So we have a number of the leaders in the um, within the group that are they're actually full time pastors. One of those full time pastors is um, also oversees a school. <laughs> so these people aren't like just sitting around a with bit nothing on their to plate. do. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but you know, but they have a passion and they care about this, and they are willing to invest. And so it's been fun. Um, it's been fun and exciting to see God bringing us together, unifying us, and helping us, giving us wisdom to know 
how to make this thing work because it's like, I really feel like it's a mountain Mm -hmm. that is immovable, but you know, we have the God who is able to move mountains. So, yeah. So there's still many, many challenges that we are facing, but I feel like God is so faithful. So I don't know. It's, I really, really appreciate it. It's not that we always necessarily agree, but, and I think that's actually healthy. Right, right. <laughs> but it's been good to feel like we're a team now and we're working together towards something that is um, of the Lord. So that's yeah. cool. No, I love it. That just makes me think of how God calls different parts, mm-hmm. different perspectives, different giftings, yeah. brings them together. You know, and in some ways you start off and it's kind of chaos or different parties, but then you're moving towards something that is beautiful and working together. And that's only something that God can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and the differences, like, I mean, each one on that team is so different, mm. you know, and that's, I think that God uses that. You yeah. Know, he uses our differences even to, to accomplish his goals. Absolutely. So, and I mean, always in our mind is, is what is the end goal? I mean, why are we doing what we're doing? The idea is that ultimately that people who do not know the name of the Lord will be able to honor and glorify him with their lives. So that's like, how can we do that the best is to like equip as much as we possibly can these people that are getting ready to, to do this ministry. Mm-hmm. And so like my, my focus on the team is discipleship. Mm-hmm. So like that's, I'm so passionate about that. So it's so fun to, to be a part of that and you know, yeah, I don't know. It's neat. That is a bright spot. I love it. Thank you. Uh, let me switch gears a little bit. So, I mean, and I'll even a moment of confession as you were telling me about your team. I think in my mind's eye, I imagined it was you and some other Americans who were serving these people in South America, which is such an American mindset. <laughs> so let me ask you this question. Uh-huh. Uh, you are an American. Um, you're a follower of Christ first, mm-hmm. um, but you live and minister outside of the United States. So how can you help broaden the perspective for those of us who have only experienced the American or even just the Midwestern church context? Um, or let me rephrase it a different way. How do you see a South American's experience of God and his church differ from the perspective of someone who has lived their whole life in the Midwest? <laughs> Oh my, that is a loaded question. <laughs> well, I guess I will speak to our our host country in particular because it's unique, you know. And I think that the the great difficulties and challenges that that people have faced in that country has done one of two things for people, I think. There are people that are just so discouraged. A lot of people have left the country. There's been a great exodus out of the country to, you know, live in other countries. Or it it makes people very much um, cling to the Lord, have to grow, you know, kind of like what we were talking about before, just re- recognizing our complete dependency on the Lord. Yes. So I think there is... Um, Maybe an awakening, a more seriousness towards walking with the Lord. That's been really good. Mm. As far as um, like helping Americans, you know, I, when I went there, I was that. Sure. <laughs> I didn't really know, even though I had had experience, you know, on missions teams and stuff like that, short short term things. And it, you know, being fully immersed in something like that. 
changes your perspective. Even just years later, realizing the the nuances, the differences in their culture that, you know, I, I, even after years, I'm just realizing, oh, wow, it's that way, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and for us, like our coworkers are nationals. So with very, very little, you know, exception to that. So, um, yeah, it's a lot for us is more me than Doug because he, you know, he grew up there. So he does have a little better of an understanding of that culture. Yeah. But for me, it's been putting aside American culture that isn't biblical Mm. and recognizing okay, evaluating why I do things that I do or whatever. And is that just because I grew up that way? Or is it actually something that God actually says this is important? Yeah. Because the, they have to do the same thing too. And we're, we always talk about that. Hey, you know, okay, there's a difference in, in our thinking. Um, are we, why are we thinking the way we're thinking? Is this just something that we're used to doing and that's the way it is and so we're pushing that? Or is this actually something that's, Maybe there's, you know, maybe I can actually prefer your culture. And, of course, for me, as the guest to that country, that's important for me to do. Sure, yeah. Um, And so there's been a lot of that over the years, just learning how to, I guess I would say, die to myself and and recognize that um, it's not necessarily better the way I do or think Mm -hmm. about something, but, you know, they have a different perspective and ultimately, we all have to go to the Word of God and say, okay, Lord, you know, put all of these things yeah. in the context, in a biblical context, and say, okay, Lord, how is it that you really want us to do this? Yeah. So sometimes I think there's both of, uh, like, both cultures need to do that, and sometimes I have to do that, and sometimes they have to do that. So it's yeah. been, I think we grow together in that, and I'm still growing in that, learning. But the most important help that has been for me is being conscious of that mm. and realizing that maybe the way I cook even, mm. you know, isn't the best way or necessarily the right way. Yeah. Maybe the way they do it is just as fine too. Like yeah. maybe it's not a spiritual issue. Maybe it's even <laughs> just something like that, you know, that, oh, okay, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that's... I, I still feel like I'm growing in that. I have really, really good relationships with my coworkers. I, I'm a, I'm, my personality is that I have to connect with people. I just can't stand not being connected. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'm, and I have relationships to the level where I can say, okay, you know, why do you do it that way? Yeah. Like, can you help me understand that? Or, you know, what do you think about the way I'm doing it or whatever? Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. I so. love that. No, I, I've been thinking about that a lot and, how we are born into a context and then mm-hmm. shaped by both our, our context and time and space and our families of mm-hmm. origin. Yep. And then when we um, experience Christ and we're saved, then this we have this new birth. The Spirit lives inside of us. And then now we're trying to be shaped in the image of Jesus. And sometimes there's a peeling back yeah. of yeah. the old ways of things. And I think um, for you and, and possibly for people who have traveled more outside or served in different cultural contexts even... Um, it bumps you out of autopilot mm-hmm. and you start looking oh, yeah. at things, right? That's oh, a good way this, of putting it. <laughs> is this a, just a preference or is this something that like, the yeah, way I believe the world is or ought to be. And so right. hopefully you get shaped more into a kingdom perspective. I, absolutely. So. And it's really important not to just 
push our Americanism on people, I think, you know? Which we do just so naturally. I know. (laughs) So naturally. So I was just thinking of of an example, just, you know, to put it in a little uh, context to this. Like, I was thinking about how when we first got there and, you know, we were going to this, we became part of a local church there and everything, and, and on somebody's birthday, like, birthdays are a big deal, so they would get up in front of the church on their birthday and they would get the microphone and they would go on and on about their birthday and I thank God for another year of life and then they would start to talk about how all the things in their life and everything and Doug and I were like what in the world (laughs) we don't do that you know here it's like it feels weird like you know if anything I think our culture would say you know oh other people can say something nice about you or whatever, but you don't do that. Like on your birthday, you just, you know, you keep you a receive graciously. Right, right. But they're like, you know, talking about it and everything. So that was one of those things for me that I was like, I evaluated it and it's like, no, that's actually a sweet thing that they do. It's like reflecting on their year and thinking about how God has worked and done things in their life and everything. But it, that was, it's, it's in their, it's a Christian context. Although I think probably secularly they do it as well in a different way. But anyway, that was, that was just a small, small example of, okay, that's not wrong. Actually yeah. it's different and it's okay. Yeah. That's funny. Getting stretched. Well, as we just wrap up our time together this morning, um, let me ask you, how can we uh, here at Compass Church and those listening today, how can we partner with your ministry and how can we be praying for you and Doug in this time? Okay. Um, I mean, you guys have been partnering with us for years now. I don't even remember. It's between 10 and 15 years. Mm-hmm. So, which we just so appreciate. And we're so thankful for that. Um and that's like a financial partnership as well as a prayer partnership. And so that's that's a great way that, you know, you can, can keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was trying to think if there's other things. Like if, if there's anybody that wants to help some of the, like with some of those needs that we were talking about. Yeah. We have those special funds that people could always donate to. Okay. Um, the food fund, the deacons fund that helps people. Um the I think the food fund. I'm not sure if there's a separate fund for actually the shipments. Okay. You know, but the, the, we can get that information. Yeah, I'll get it and it. I'll put it in the notes for the podcast today, so okay. people can just link to it from Great. there. Um. So and then honestly, the biggest thing is praying. Yeah. You know, praying diligently for for us. You know that we would uh, cling closely to the Lord, uh, walk with Him. Mm-hmm. Doug and I have just we have found that this this type of demanding ministry it's very it's it's stress, high stress it's hard it's it's like you always feel like there's always more challenges yeah and so it's we are very needy before the lord and um, it has really <laughs> in some ways forced us to either grow or give up and we have grown and fumbled along the way <laughs> But God has been so faithful. Mm-hmm. And so I think that people supporting us in prayer is like absolutely essential for us. Yes. Um, to know that, you know, that people are not only financially helping, which is always, of course, that's a blessing yeah. too, but I think that knowing that people are really bringing us before the Lord, you know, praying for us to be encouraged in Him, to have His wisdom in doing what we're doing to keep on keeping on, not want to throw in the towel. There's been, there's been plenty of times where it's been like, oh, 
I can't do this anymore. (laughs) But but through the the goodness of God, he keeps giving us the strength to do that. Um, Of course, you know, for my physical needs, uh, Doug has some back issues as well that he never even talks about because it's like, he feels like it's... Like, oh, I can't say anything. Look at you. You know, you got your back is much worse. But he suffers with pain all the time, too. So, Um, and um, we're thankful that, like, those lymph nodes that I had enlarged in my, around my lungs, they actually um, shrunk on their own. So, in February, I have, like, a a, a repeat CT scan to see where the things are at. Okay. Uh, if they haven't shrunk more, we may do like a, a, a surgery to check out what's going on in there. Um, if not, then I think we'll probably just do a, you know, kind of follow up. Yeah, every once in a while, to do another. Yeah. Sure. But you know, we're thankful that that God has been faithful in all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so health-wise, mostly I think it's it's more about our we we covet your prayers about. Our relationship with the Lord and that we would trust him in every step of the way yeah pray for our co-workers it's it's a heavy burden knowing that they hurt and they're you know not only them but like they all of their family yeah and so they you know a lot of times what ends up happening is they share their resources whatever they have with their needy family as well so it, yeah. it is <laughs> that's an extra burden that is just probably particular to our our case because of where we work and everything that is it makes it difficult but we love our coworkers. it's a joy to work with them it's challenging because of what we were talking about like the differences of thinking mm-hmm. differently coming from a different way of thinking uh, doing everything in a second language yeah <laughs> which I mean as time goes by you get more fluent you right. know and everything but it's still challenging but. yeah yeah i i find that i speak english with all my coworkers and still have miscommunications <laughs> that take time and effort to work through so i can only imagine if i was working in a second language and also i guess you could pray for our training center as we okay. start up and uh consider what we're going to do in the future too yeah. there's many challenges you know professors who's going to be doing the teaching we need people with experience that you know would be able to help these these the future missionaries be able to um do this ministry to god's glory and well and yeah 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 to be equipped for the the work of the ministry exactly well thank you so much for your time this morning it has been a joy i'm glad that we've had just more time to have a full conversation a lot of times when you come through compass you know we, we give you three minutes and 27 <laughs> seconds from the front and we get like a little bit of highlights but this is this has been a joy um and i am glad to know how i can be praying for you um it's encouraged my heart to hear your stories and before we go i just want to ask you one last question what is mm-hmm. the most important thing you would want us to know from you today yeah um i guess i would say that for us we, Doug and I are both passionate about, um, about Jesus and that ultimately our strength, our hope, everything is in him, that we believe with our hearts and in every, all the fiber of our beings that a, a deep personal relationship with him is what keeps us going and that we 
we encourage that in our coworkers, and we would encourage that even in our supporters and and everything. That is, he is the one who is worthy and worth it all. So, I've put all my bags, ba- all my eggs in that basket. So that's what I like to say. It's like he's, he's, yeah, he's worth it. <laughs> yes, 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 he is. Amen and amen. Well, friend, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much.